today on the DML News Podcast. Nikki Haley comes in second place or last place, whichever way you're counting it, in New Hampshire. But you'd never know based on her speech. Good Lord. Trump just going through on a train through America. We're going to talk about that here with Denny today. Plus, illegal immigration. Oh, my goodness. Do we have a video for you? Terrorists at the border. Get ready. We're all here today, and it's all unfiltered. Dennis Michael Lynch gives you his word, and he will never let you down. He will always fight for America. The only one who really puts his money where his mouth is is Dennis Michael Lynch. Hello, I'm Dennis Michael Lynch, and I thank you for joining myself and my son, Denny, today. As you can see, if you're watching video, I am uh, coming to you from the home office. And basically, I have uh, lost my voice from last week and last weekend. The combination of going to an NFL playoff football game, which was something I hadn't done in a while and very, very interesting, but yelling and screaming the whole time, plus doing six hours of podcast in one day, my throat just started to collapse. I've learned over the last couple of years that if you're not feeling 100%, throttle back. My days of trying to go 150 miles an hour are no longer there. So that's why you are seeing me from home. I'm doing this podcast and that's it. As far as best pals, we'll pick back up as soon as my voice is uh, back to being normal. You probably can't tell from listening to me now, but if I did this podcast for more than a half hour, I'd start to scratch like this. So we're going to leave it this podcast and say thank you very much. And hopefully we'll be all good and everything for the upcoming weekend. We've got a great wine and talk lined up. But until then, put my sorrows to the side. Let me just tell you one thing before Denny starts ramping into what should be a very interesting show that he will lead and I will follow. But we have a big special today. Today's the last day. I want to put that out there for you now. Uh, just a couple days ago, I had announced a record-breaking low price for the DML CBD Power Plus. And the reason why I did that is because so many different people I'm watching online are complaining about being sick and you know and and what's going around and what have you. I mean, people are missing tons of work and not being able to go outside and whatever. So I just lowered the DML power, uh, DML CBD power plus to see whether or not people want to jump on it, maybe help boost the immune system. Today and uh, and yesterday, I did sort of a similar thing with the DML CBD Miracle Me Body Pain Relief Oil. That is to help people with the aches and the pains. And I know I got one buddy who says that he feels so horrible because all of his aches and pains, I don't know what he's got, but he put the Miracle Me on and it definitely helped bring down the inflammation. So usually we sell the bottle, the 6.7 ounce bottle. It's our signature product. Only we have it in all of the world. We usually sell for $200 and that is uh, undervalued. But now today you can get it. I believe we're selling it for just $89 to try to help people get in there. So if you buy that body oil, today's the day to go in and do it. So it's dmlcbd.com slash miracle, dmlcbd.com slash miracle, or you could just go to dmlcbd.com, hit the buy button and look for the Miracle Me Body Pain Relief Oil 6.7 ounce bottle. That's that. All right, Dennis. So yesterday we watched Donald J. Trump just dominate. Uh, for the second week in a row. Uh, so I want to talk about the positive sides to that. But I also want to talk about there are some downsides to his victory, uh, albeit small. But um, I, if you would have tuned in last night and just said, oh, I wonder what's going on, and you hit 
Nikki Haley in the stride of the beginning of her announcement or her speech at the end of the, the count, you would have sworn she was the victory. She was the victory holder. And yet she got her ass kicked. What say you, man? Yeah. Uh, in her uh, speech, we have a clip here where, um, you know, she does sound as if she just won, which obviously she did not. Um, and I think there's some GOP misconfidence there in her at this point. Uh, but in her victory speech, she targeted Trump on his age. So, uh, Ryan, do you want to play that clip real quick? The other day, Donald Trump accused me of not providing security at the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> now, I've long called for mental competency tests for politicians over the age of 75. <laughs> Trump claims he'd do better than me in one of those tests. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. But if he thinks that, then he should have no problem standing on a debate stage with me. Most Americans do not want a rematch between Biden and Trump. The first party to retire its 80-year-old candidate is going to be the party that wins this election. Yeah, so in that clip, you can see that, you know, she's talking about um, how he mistook her for Nancy Pelosi um, in his speech the other day, saying that, uh, that she, Nikki Haley, was in charge of security. You know, Dennis, Nikki Haley and I are, are the same age. I think she's got, a, I think I got a few years on her. How many times have you heard me call your sister Kelly Ashley and your sister Ashley Kelly? All right. Now, I got my mind completely intact, not even close to being dementia, not even close to being Alzheimer's. I am solid. Once in a while, I'll forget where my keys are, but that's it. But it is the normal thing for me to refer to you as Ryan or refer Ryan as Denny. And sometimes you don't even catch yourself. You know, and I could finish the whole sentence and I could be uh, with somebody and say, yeah, you never believe it. You know, Ashley freaking lost the key, uh, lost the uh, car keys and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end of the whole thing, if I don't correct myself, I really meant to say Kelly. So, you know, she's trying to take the one thing that Trump did, which is completely normal, you know, mixing names up because you're up there and you're just trying to go left and right with your with your commentary. Plus, he's always trying to be a showman anyway. And that's what she's going to focus on to try to say that Trump is incompetent. This guy right now is dealing with four different major lawsuits. A fifth one, if you want to take this stupid rape trial or whatever that they're doing, he's juggling that. He's juggling his businesses. He's juggling his campaign. He's doing everything that a 35 to 45 year old would, would struggle to do. And she's going to try to bring that up. She got her ass kicked. Here's what it is. She said last week that she was going to place second in Iowa. She placed third. She said she was going to place first in New Hampshire. She placed a distance second. Now, there's something to be said about the second place victory, because I will say that when I first turned on the television and I looked and Fox News had just called it, they had just called the uh, the victory to, to Trump, which I hate that they do that stuff. But anyway, it was 53% to 46%. And I said, my God, I can't believe she got 46%. What's wrong with the people in New Hampshire? But when you start looking at the exit polls, 
according to one CNN exit poll, 70% of the people who went in and cast a vote were not Republicans. They, 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 they were they're, they're Democrats, you know? So clearly, Nikki Haley has got the alignment of the Democrat Party, the Rhino Party, and any independent who lost their brain a long time ago. If you take those people out and just made it a purist sort of thing, Trump would have dominated in such a fashion that it's just like mind-blowing. And Nikki Haley, if she had any self-respect, she would drop out of the race prior to go to the South Carolina. Because when she goes to South Carolina and goes up against Trump, he is going to pummel her in her own backyard. Trump has the governor behind him. He's Tim Scott behind him, Lindsey Graham behind him. Those are three major people in the state of South Carolina who aren't going for the old uh, the old governor who thinks she's brown and she's far from being it. Yeah, we have a, now that you kind of mentioned it, um, one of the other clips we have here is uh, Trump during his victory speech and he's got uh, Vivek and Tim Scott behind him. And uh, Tim Scott even comes out to explain why he loves Trump so much. Uh, so we'll have Ryan play that clip. Really well, where I've done well, we have a great governor and lieutenant governor and great everything, because almost every one of them have endorsed me. Two great senators, which is hard. I mean, did you ever think that she actually appointed you, Tim? <laughs> and think of it, appointed, and you're the senator of his state, and she endorsed me. You must really hate her. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Uh oh. I just love you. No, that's that's why he's a great politician. That's why he's a great politician. So this is a great evening, and it is. You know, we are going to Nevada for a little while. We're not going to have to do too much. We have a great team there, but it's a team that uh, we can now send someplace else. They did a fantastic job, but. Uh, we And it's a fantastic place, really a fantastic place. But we'll be leaving there very quickly. We'll head out to South Carolina, where I think we're going to win easily. I think we're 50 points up, 5-0. 5-0, 50 points up on a person that was governor. That tells you something. But I felt I should do this because I find in life you can't let people get away with bullshit, okay? You can't. You just can't do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's very clear that uh, no one can match Trump's energy. I mean, Tim Scott says it right there. You know, he's going for Trump, not because he hates Haley, but because he loves Trump. So, uh, you know, I, I would love to see him win South Carolina just to stick it to Haley. Although she claims that this race, and she says it in her speech last night, is far from over. You know, Dennis, uh, everybody has tough words, you know, until they're hit with the face of reality. Uh, and the reality here for her is that she has no path to victory. Now, DeSantis suspended his account, uh, his uh, his account, my God, suspended. See right there, you could say that that's a senior moment, right? That's what Nikki Haley's trying to do. She would play that back, be like, he doesn't know the difference between an account and a campaign. Uh, Romney, my goodness gracious, Nikki Haley's in my head. Uh, DeSantis suspended his campaign. If Trump tomorrow, God forbid, was to you know be uh, ab- abducted by an alien UFO, 
we could have DeSantis back in the race. Nikki Haley, if she is so set on the fact that she thinks Trump is going to jail and she wants to be the last name standing, what she should do if she really cared deeply about the country and about the GOP uniting, because that's our biggest problem right now. We're so splintered. You and I did a whole show on that last week. What she would do, she would, she would suspend her campaign and step back and say, I've had a lot of uh, disagreements with Donald J. Trump, but I did serve as his ambassador and I did see what he did for this country. And he was a really good president. Flawed, yes. Not every uh, path chosen, the smart path. Hopefully he learns from those paths that he's taken. For instance, if there is another pandemic, hopefully he's a little smarter this time about who he surrounds himself with and not being so quick to shut down the country. But I think we need to align behind him and support him all the way because the big beast in this race is Joe Biden. I, I would hope she would have the class and dignity to do that. But we're talking about somebody who, who sits there and looks you straight in the face and tells you that she was picked on for being a brown person. And meanwhile, Nikki Haley looks as white as anybody I've ever seen, even though she's got her partial Indian in her. Yeah, well, I mean, it, there's no question now that, you know, if everything goes to plan, that uh, Trump here should sweep up the primaries. And there's no doubt he's got the support. Uh, I think a big question on everyone's mind, and I'll say this, Trump personally has tried downplaying that it's a big decision, but I think for a lot of people it is, um, about the speculation regarding his VP choice. Uh, we ran a poll today about who, uh, meaning our reader, would want as Trump's VP, and I listed like 10 top names that you know have been commonly uh, floated around. Uh, leaving the option to write in, you know, and uh, a listing that wasn't there. But I must say, there was no uh, concrete lead for one particular person. I mean, the one that had the highest uh, in votes was Ron DeSantis at eighteen percent, uh, followed by Vivek, Carrie Lake, Sarah Huckabee, Christy Noem, Tim Scott, uh, Ben Carson, Elise Stefanik. Uh, I even put Nikki Haley in there, but she got 0.83% of the vote, which I think just tells you that Trump is likely not going to have any consideration towards her. Uh, and then there were some fill-in comments like Byron Donaldson. I even saw Tulsi Gabbard in there. Uh, you'll get a few Tucker Carlson's, though I don't see that ever happening, truthfully. Uh, you know, He just started his own uh, network going on there. So um, in your take... You know, Trump, I think, is purposely trying to downplay it so we don't get all caught up in our heads about who the choice is going to be. Uh, but in your opinion, uh, I think I know your answer of who you would want to see as VP, but why, in your take, is it so important that the VP is is a good choice? I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit indifferent here at this point in time. Uh, the obvious choice for me, although there are some technicalities that one would have to worry about with Trump and DeSantis both being from the same state, if it came down to a really close contested race, uh, but them being from the, the, the same state, DeSantis-Trump, you know, that has a little bit of a bump in the road for me, but at the same time is that would be to me the golden ticket if they can find a way to do it. I don't think you're going to see that unless Trump is totally playing 4D chess. Uh, I don't think it's going that far. I think Trump 
realizes that he can win Florida with or without Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think Trump may have won the primary against DeSantis had he stayed in. That's how powerful he is right now. You've got to take a look at where Trump is in trouble. That's where I think our bigger conversation is. Uh, and you can put to the back of that if the vice president pick helps him get out of that trouble. But the trouble he's in is also what's found in these exit polls. And in the exit polls, and this could be emotion at some point, but in the exit polls, there are too many people from the DeSantis camp, too many people from the Haley camp. And when I say camp, I don't mean the actual campaign camp. I mean just support camp. That say, if Trump is indeed the nominee, I will not vote for him. So you could go, you, you love Twitter X. You go on Twitter X, you will see uh, people just going crazy on this. You want me to align with these scumbags and they'll take some of the crazy stuff that Trump supporters say about DeSantis and DeSantis's family. They'll go to some of the surrogates who have said some really ugly stuff. So the problem Trump has right now is when you beat the living crap out of your opponents that are on your side and you personalize it, people don't necessarily forgive. He's got to hope that time passes and that people will at least forget and that they'll look at the difference between uh, you know, holding their nose and not voting, holding their nose and voting for Biden, or just simply saying, I'll hold my nose and I'll vote for Trump because I don't want to have Biden. So I don't know if he's going to be able to pull 100% of those people over. Uh, I just don't. And that's the bigger problem in this whole thing. He is going to obviously win the nomination based on what we've seen in the first two uh, go-rounds here. But the question is, can he win the national election, even though the ratings for Joe Biden are as weak as they are? I want to give you a couple little things to watch out for. I said this last week. I said it the week before. I'm going to reemphasize it again today because there's certain things I'm seeing. The stock market right now is sort of on a rally, and the uh, numbers for Netflix just came in. They had a boost in subscriptions. Keep in mind what that means. It's very important, and, and, and the market loved it. Why? Because Netflix? No, because it represents something. When you are in an economic situation where you've only got X amount of dollars and you got a budget, the first thing you do is you start kicking out things that you don't need. Having a, a Netflix subscription is something you don't need. It's a nice to have. So when people start jumping in and getting back their subscriptions to Netflix or saying, hey, I've never had one before, I'm going to start watching stuff, that means two things. That means that inflation is starting to come down to where Mr. and Mrs. Jones are starting to see a little bit more money in their pocket and that the optimism for the economy may be actually getting a little stronger. So what my fear is, and trust me when I tell you, Washington, D.C. operates together. Uh, you know, the Fed is watching what's going on right now with the economy. The Fed is watching what's going on right now with Trump's runaway train. 
they don't want Trump back. So they don't not they're not supposed to work with the president. But trust me, when I tell you behind the back doors, the government is going to do and Wall Street is going to do everything they possibly can to ensure Trump doesn't get in. And the way that you do that is multifaceted. Number one, watch the price of gasoline continue to go down. Number two, watch inflation start to come down just a little bit and watch those interest rates start to come down just in time for summer vacations. And what happens is, is that and the stock market goes up because when, when interest rates come down, stock markets go up. So what will happen is you'll start to see this switch to where things are starting to feel a little better. And therefore, the people who are on the, oh, God, what do I do? They start to go for Biden. They say, you know what? I got. I don't like the guy. He's old. So too is Trump. I can't stand Trump's tweets. I never liked him. I got more money in my pocket. That's the biggest hurdle that Trump's looking at going forward. Absolutely the biggest thing. He does not manipulate the economy at this given time. Biden does. And so they're going to do all they possibly can, including maybe even slowing down what we're seeing at the border, because that becomes the number one topic in almost every exit poll, the border, the border, the border, which you and I are going to talk about in a second. But going back to your original question. So when Trump takes a look at what it is that he knows, by the way, because he sat in that position before, he knows what uh, Biden is going to do to him. He knows what the Fed is going to do to him. He knows what he's up against. He has got to take a look at who represents the best chance for me to pull in people who I lost. And he lost an incredible amount of suburban women. So he would have to, in my estimation, pick a woman who is going to be uh, strong, likable, you name it. Christy Noam, although she carries some baggage with the stuff with her marriage or whatever, so too does more than 50% of the United States of America. So, you know, I mean, Trump has been married how many times? People didn't seem to care the first time. So Christy Noam would be my top pick because she's pretty, she's personable, she's got a great track record in uh, South Dakota. People are going to, uh, she's going to attract people just by her bright personality. And that's what he needs. He needs to have a bright personality, somebody who go out and connect and say, I understand your pain and here's what I did in my state to ease the pain of people. That's why I think he will pick somebody of that nature to see who can pull in what it is that he has indeed lost. Sorry for that long answer, but you had put a, a lot on the plate. No, it's fine. And look, I, I saw you shaking your head about what I was saying about. Well, the the reason, I, again, not not to go against your wisdom here, I think, because look, I would love to see if prices came down just for the sake of you know helping out Americans. But I think. Maybe one of the reasons Netflix's stock bumped up isn't so much of the inflation going down and people re-signing. I think it's more that um, for the first time ever in Netflix's history, they finally have added ads to some of their tier programs, which uh, helped with their revenue, as well as the password crackdown, where you can only have a certain amount of households that are allowed to Netflix. So those that got kicked off, like for example, I was using your guys' Netflix. I'm officially kicked off because... I'm not in your household range. So you could have a people there that are, you know, kicked off and they sign up initially. But I think it speaks more to, uh, you know, a very big subsect sector of Americans are uh, in need of their entertainment. So they're always in, in, in maybe the uh, not making the best uh, sacrifice choices. I mean, for me, I would say, yeah, cut off the Netflix. It's not worth it. 
but maybe someone who's a you know TV holic they they just can't give it up. But I don't I don't know if it could be attributed you know to inflation or prices going down for that little initial surge. Well, I would uh, I would refer back to my wisdom on this one, young man. Uh, you know, I've been around long enough uh, where I've been in economies that you know it's a different thing when you are a bachelor and you've got enough money to cover your bills, and then when you look at the things you're buying, you get pissed off about it and still have a little money left over. When you're underwater which is where most Americans are. In fact, I, one of the things I was going to suggest we talk about today, we just don't have enough time with all the other different things that are going on. But there is a report on Fox News on their app that says that a majority of Americans don't even have $1,000 saved in case of family emergency. That's crazy. So you know, when you're in a situation more like you or your brother or your sister, um, I can see where you'd make the argument you're making, but the majority of America isn't in your spot and I certainly isn't. I'm not in that spot. But I've been in that spot before in my life where you've got responsibilities that you cannot ignore, hold a mortgage and uh, uh, gasoline for the car and food for the children. And Lord even knows, I'm going to say here, a uh, car payment. When you look at what people tend to do is they will always go with getting the food in their belly and the shelter on their head. They'll stop paying their car insurance. They'll take their kid out of private school and put him into public school. I mean, you do everything possible to peel back the unnecessary. So when I look at the big swath of people in this country, if you're looking for an indicator, um, the, the Netflix subscription is a big thing. The other thing to push back on what you're saying there is that if it was a Netflix thing, like you're just saying, uh, well, due to passwords and and due to uh, I can't live without my latest show, that would not move the entire market as it has. So you know the market looks for indicators, and so when you have subscriptions ticking back up significantly, that is an indicator that people are starting to feel a little less worried about how they're going to make their monthly bills. And the only way that's happening. Is it saying that the overall cost of everything is coming down a little bit, little bit? I will tell you this: gasoline right now in Florida has started to go back down, and I'm like, oh wow, back in the three dollar range again. All right. So one of the biggest costs for people, especially working people, is gasoline. So if you're not spending eighty five dollars to fill up the uh, SUV, and instead it's costing sixty nine dollars, you've got suddenly now sixteen dollars left in your pocket. If I did that math right, you say, oh, you know, I got sixteen dollars extra a week. That adds out to uh, sixty four something dollars a month. I go back to my Netflix, and that's how it works. So that's why I'm saying that the markets are showing uh, a favor for what's happening with Netflix. And I'm telling you, the bigger play here, instead of having a stock uh, a stock meeting you and I are having, the bigger play here is that the danger that Trump fit, uh, faces long term, as this thing starts to brew up more, Nikki Haley and no Nikki Haley, is how is he going to recapture the national audience that he lost? How is he going to bring over the DeSantis and Haley people who he alienated um, but through his hard rhetoric at their candidates? If he doesn't pull those people over, we have four more years of Biden. And if we've got four more years of Biden, we've got four more years of what's happening at the border, Dennis. And I can tell you that every day I struggle with myself 
I, there's a part of me that says, I need to go down there. I need to go back down to the border because of all the years that I made all those films, sometimes you guys with me, I thought I had seen it all. And now the things that I'm seeing down there, I'm saying, man, these new people who are going down there filming, they're doing a good job. They don't even know where to go. But at the same time is, you know, uh, at 55 years old this summer, I think it's maybe past me to do that. And on top of that, the amount of disease that we're allowing into this country right now in these months. I mean, this is this is why I talk about everybody's sick. Everybody's sick. How is everybody getting sick? You're taking in droves of people from nations. We don't even know where they're coming from. There's no tests. There's no nothing. These people are bringing diseases. They've been traveling for weeks. You know the kind of crap that they catch in big groups like that? And they're spreading it to our kids and to our family and to our families. So when I look at what's happening at the border, the only thing that scares me more from a health perspective than a, than a health perspective and the longevity of this country being shredded is the terror aspect. Do you have the video? that Anita posted to the DML News app with the guy that is a suspected terrorist? Yeah, we can play that right now. Why don't you lead oh, up oh, to explain? Oh, oh, yes. So um, it is a man, uh, I'm going to butcher this name. He's from Azerbaijan, um, Mavsam Samadov. Uh, originally in that video, we did not know that name. But uh, he had told a reporter that you will know him uh, because the reporter had asked, like, you know, who are you? Where are you coming from? Kind of like what Bill Malugin and a lot of them have been doing with some of these uh, random migrant interviews as they're they're coming into the border. So this man has been identified as a 57 year old. Wait, wait, let me let me let me let me let me stop you because. So what they're going to see in this video is a reporter, an independent reporter is down at the border. There's a bunch of people down at the border, all had just come across. And this reporter goes up to a bunch of the people and, and says, hey, where are you from? A random question. And that random question of, hey, where are you from, triggers this one guy who is, you just announced who we think his name may be. We don't know if that's who it is. Maybe this guy and he gives back a very, very alarming answer, this Middle Eastern guy. Ryan, play the video. If you are smart enough, you would know who I am. But you are really not smart enough to know who I am. But soon you're going to know who I am. Very easy. Wow, very easy. The, the entitlement, the entitlement. No, believe me, I'm much better than that. The entitlement, guys. Wow. So, Dennis, in that video clip right there, the independent journalist says, where are you from? The guy comes and says, uh, oh, you'll know where I'm from real soon. I mean, that's really an arrogant position. Usually when they're asking migrants questions like that, the migrants are always nice. Oh, I'm from Africa. Oh, I'm from Brazil. I'm up for this one. Blah, 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 blah. This guy's a prick. This guy's starting off on day one saying pretty much F you, America. You'll see who I am. Very dangerous rhetoric. Says to yourself, OK, what has this guy got in store? And now Anita finds floating around uh, on on X Twitter that people have maybe said that this this guy is the same guy who was just released from prison for something. Give us the details on that. Yeah. So uh, Anita reports here that um, based on that video, he looks identical to the leader of an Islamic terrorist group who served 12 years in prison and was just released on January 19th of this year. Um, it's suspected that he was the leader of the Azerbaijan Islamic Party, which was banned in 1995 due to their radicalism. 
Samadov was arrested in January 2011 along with six others for plotting a terrorist act and attempting to overthrow the government. And now when you take the two pictures, I don't know if Ryan will be able to put this on the screen based on the tweet that um, I I need to put up. And again, we're just reporting on what's being tweeted. Uh, These two photographs, you know, you look at them and it's a little hard to tell, but you know, then again, some of these guys, especially when they got their beards and stuff, they look very similar or alike as far as I'm concerned. A terrorist is a terrorist is a terrorist. But regardless, it is a scary thing. And the bigger picture here, Dennis, is that we continue to leave this border open. The Supreme Court, I mean, Miss Barrett the other day literally threw me on my back. I, yeah, I, 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 was hope, I, I, I have actually gotten some uh, emails and questions. People wanted to know your take about... Um, you know, the SCOTUS making that decision, especially because Barrett was a Trump appointed judge. Why don't you explain what the decision is so people know what we're talking about? Uh, well, if, for those following the uh, my, the invasion situation, um, Governor Abbott had ordered Texas National Guard to um, reinstall the razor wire. Uh, then, you know, Biden and Border Patrol and federal agencies mandated it takes, that they take it down. It went to the Supreme Court, and in a five to four ruling, uh, they decided that Biden was in the correct and that they can put back up the barbed wire. And I think, in terms of conservative judges, it was Roberts and Barrett, who was appointed by judge, that uh, voted in favor for um, not putting up the wire. Uh, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Appointed by judge. I think you mean appointed by Trump. Appoint. Yeah, the judge appointed by Trump. Right. So you've got Barrett and Roberts, two so-called conservatives, telling the state of Texas, telling the people of the United States of America, you cannot protect yourself from foreign invasion. Basically what they're saying, which is just baffling to me. And, you know, I had put on Facebook, uh, do you trust the Supreme Court? I mean, how can anybody, how can Roberts But then again, let's remember, Roberts was the guy who said, yeah, no, Obamacare is okay. How can Roberts and how can Barrett, who, like you said, was appointed by Trump, say that that is something that is a bad thing, putting razor wire up so this way foreign invaders do not come in and invade your state? I hope that Greg Abbott ultimately comes back and says, we're not listening to you. Go screw yourself. I mean, as far as as far as I can see, they have started uh, continuing to put the razor wire up. Yes, yes, but trust me when I tell you, you just can't do that sort of thing and and not pay some sort of price. So where I was going with is that what was going to happen is Abbott is going to have to keep the pedal to the metal. Doesn't matter what happens because let me tell you what won't happen. You will not watch. No matter what Biden tells them, you are not going to watch the National Guard, the Marines, anybody come in and fight against the the, the, the Texas authorities. You're not going to see it because every single person on the federal level, Border Patrol, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, you line them all up and nine and a half out of 10, the other half is the person who doesn't know whether or not they're a guy or a girl, you know, drag queens in the military. Every single member of the military is going to want to see that border secure. And so they're, they're going to say no, and they're going to give Biden and the Supreme Court the big middle finger. So Abbott, if he's smart, 
stays the path and says, screw you, we're going to protect ourselves as a state. And th- this is, I-, I personally believe, Dennis, this is one of those things where people always talk about the potential of the civil war and what's, I think, and this is, I guess, is answering what people are sending in the emails. I think that this may well very be one of the turning points in our country's status right now as a country that is just completely lost. We could use this moment as a turning point. We could use this moment as seeing people say, screw you, radical woke Supreme Court, screw you, radical woke Biden and all the elitists. We see what's happening to this country. You're going to drain it. I, I, I hate but love that stat that showed that in, I think it was August, that the invasion at the border beat the birth rate in the United States. That is the tipping point to where it shows you that we're going to lose our country forever. Go into cities, look around, see what's going on in your schools, go to your emergency room, look what's going on in the hospitals. Everything is being overtaken by illegal aliens from third world or like the terrorist, potential terrorist we just showed you, people with an attitude, a hatred for America. This is not what anybody wants except for radical leftists who want to change this country. And you just don't have to be a radical leftist here in the United States, around the world. George Soros wants to see America to its knees. China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, the list is long that wants to see America come to its knees. And the greatest way that you bring it to its knees, and I've said this 5 million times, one of these days, Ryan's going to find the clip. As I told Megyn Kelly nearly 10 years ago, if you want to change fundamentally transform the United States of America. It's not through Obamacare. It's not through abortion. It's not through any of these other different things. It's through immigration. You want to change the face of a country. You want to change the smarts. You want to change the ingenuity. You want to change all of it. Flood us with third world migrants and third world terrorists. You will see this country 30 years from now be a freaking replica of Detroit. That's how it works. So my hope is that Governor Abbott does what Governor Lynch would do. And Governor Lynch would finally say, I don't give a rat's ass what any of you say. I am protecting the people of my state. And if you don't like it, I guess turn it up to the next level. He would get every single conservative in the country to back him. Every single one, except for, of course, the two conservatives on the Supreme Court, they would they'd like to shoot him in the back, proverbially. Well, if we go a little up north from uh, the border to New York City in still relation to this migrant invasion, um, there was another interesting story that's come out. Maybe this as our last story here today. New York Police Department impounds 80 unlicensed migrant mopeds from outside the Roosevelt and Watson hotel shelters. So not only do we have the invasion at the border, but now we have an unofficial workforce replacing Uber drivers, delivery drivers, anyone that you know is maybe trying to make a buck through that kind of uh, work. I mean, they did just get impounded, but up until then, I mean, 80 vehicles belonging to migrants, that's crazy. 
Well, yeah. So, I mean, again, the details on that uh, is that, you know, a, a moped is not considered, or at least in these mopeds, uh, your mother was explaining it to me about something along the lines of uh, they were allowed to use them because you don't need a driver's license to do it. And that's why Uber was giving them the business or they were going and doing the business with Uber or whatever, they would get away with it. And then finally they got confiscated. Question is, who gave the illegal aliens those scooters? Right. Well, because I mean, not only, yeah, none of them have licenses and let alone, apparently a lot of them don't know how to drive. Uh, Many migrants were flouting the rules of the road by driving the opposite way down the streets and driving along sidewalks and bicycle lanes. So they weren't even abiding by what our, our street legal driving maneuvers are. Of course, well, consider a few things. In most countries, especially where they're coming from, the driving is on the opposite side of what we do here in the United States, right? right. So they do it on the other side. So to them, it's the normal thing. Number two is, remember, they all, I've said this a gazillion times over the last 15 years, our freedom in America is not what makes us unique. There are multiple, multiple free countries in the, in, in, in the, in the earth, in the world. There are plenty of that. What makes us different is how we apply the rule of law. So these people come from nations where there is no rule of law. So to them, they want to drive on the opposite side of the road. They want to drive on the sidewalk. They ignore the signs, whatever it may be. Nobody ever says a damn thing. It's just be as you will. And that's what they do. They carry that here to this country. And they think that it's just, okay, you could do whatever you want. Then on top of that, you come here. And experience, think about that for a moment, Dennis. Put yourself into a migrant's mindset, especially nowadays. Ten years ago, you were a migrant. You snuck in through the border. You had to basically hide in the shadows, if you will. You went out, you got your job. You never got into a fight. You didn't give any disrespect to anybody. You kept your head down. You collected your money. You sent it home. And, you know, it was repeat and rinse over and over and over. Now, today is a different story. Now, today, you are positioned as somebody of heroic. You made the big, huge move. You don't have to hide in, in the shadows anymore. You are going to give uh, be given free meals. You're going to be given free stay at some of the most posh hotels in New York City. You're actually going to kick kids out of school. So this way you could have the night, uh, night, night, a nice night's rest. Oh, we'll give you a scooter as well. You could start delivering food for us and make, here's the part that you skipped out, $750 per week. They're getting paid $750 per week. These people are making almost 50 Think about this. You just came in from El Salvador where you were making, if you were lucky, $2 a month. Now you're making 50 grand a year. So, you know, this is this is why it doesn't stop. You know, so the question has to be, how did they get the bikes? Why is Uber allowing this to happen? You want to take it out on somebody? Stop using Uber. I never, I never use that company anyway because of the people that they hire. Stop using Uber. Best way to do it. Back over to you. Well, you know, just uh, to wrap up here, um, I think what we just saw with uh, with Barrett voting in a way that none of us expected. Um, in fact, I think out of the most including Trump, I'm sure. Yeah. What's that? I said including Trump. I'm sure. Oh, um, yeah. Well, that's I, I can only imagine how he feels. I think a, a big thing that um, he was always able to tout as an achievement was how many conservative justices he got onto the Supreme Court during his tenure, especially considering he was only president for four years. Um, but, you know, there's suspicion of whether it's Roberts or someone else retiring or, you know, as they get older, uh, if Trump does become 
the nominee and does get the chance to win the election in November and, and become president again. Uh, and he's given the opportunity to put another Supreme Court justice on the court. Uh, what's your take and strategy there about choosing the right person? Because, I mean, that that is a very, co- that's probably the highest coveted position in the country. You don't really get elected, you get nominated. And I think a lot of people were really hoping Barrett would be pro securing America. And yet here she is uh, doing the opposite. I mean, how, how would Trump, you know, strategize that if he, if he is given the opportunity to put another Supreme court justice on there? Well, first of all, I, 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 when that ruling came down, that was the first time that I ever really started to wonder whether or not the Supreme Court uh, was tainted. You know, Roberts, who is not going to retire anytime soon, he's still a, a relatively young man. I mean, you've got much older people. Um, I mean, Thomas, for example, you know, you'll see these people retire before Roberts. But Roberts has been an epic disappointment since he has been appointed from George Bush. I mean, George Bush uh, Jr. put him in there. And it, when, he, when he did the, the vote for Obamacare, um, everybody was like, what happened? You know, But he's been like that ever since. So I don't look at Robert uh, Roberts. I, I look at him as a Democrat. I really do. I look at him as a liberal. He is sort of like a John McCain Republican. He is a liberal, all right? So when you really look at it, you have uh, a slimmer majority than you think. Now, when you take Barrett and you look at what she just did, I mean, only a radical would say, leave these borders open. And that is what she did. Now, here's the crazy thing. Usually when you have a ruling like that, the judges will write a, a, a piece and we'll tell you why they voted the way they did. Nobody wrote a piece. So we don't know why she did what she did. We have no real reason to know why, which to me is even smellier than just the vote itself that she get forward. I'm like, oh, really? Why did they decide that there'd be no, nobody's going to write any paper on why it is that they, they cast their vote that way, right? So I have no faith anymore in the Supreme Court. Zero, zero. It, it, it's thrown out the, the, the door. So I put that in there as prelude to your answer, because until you put people in that everybody knows, right? So I didn't know who Barrett was. I didn't know who Gorsuch was. I didn't know who Kavanaugh was until the hearings. So you're sitting up there, you're listening to the left, try to beat the crap out of them. And what happens is you never really take a look at this person for yourself, just simply because the left is beating the crap out of them. So if the left is beating the crap out of them, they must be good people. I would do it differently. If you have President Lynch, I take a look at the people who have the ability from a legal perspective to understand and decipher the law, which means you've got to go to people who served as judges or as lawyers. And I would take somebody who has proven over the course of time that they are consistently, consistently conservative in almost everything they do. You're never going to find the perfect guy because somebody's always going to make a little burp here, or a little burp there. But I would start off by saying Senator Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz has been a conservative senator since the Obama days. 
And he has only done maybe one thing or two things along the way that I've said, ah, Ted, that's not very conservative, like handing out food to illegal aliens. But he did it for he did it for the photo op. You know, he did it for the photo op. Uh, uh, you know, you ran to Mexico when uh, everybody else was freezing in your state. He came back, you know. So I would take somebody like Ted Cruz, who I know is going to 9.999% of the time vote with conservative leanings. Uh, if not somebody like him, I'd need a little bit more time to think of somebody else who fits that model, who is young enough like Cruz to where I'm putting in somebody who could be there for the next 20, 30 years. And that's the only way to do it. If you try to go pull one of these judges from the system, what you're doing is you're here's what Trump did. Uh, let me let's end on this. Right. I could talk about this all day, but my voice is starting to go. When Trump was picking for SCOTUS. People got in a room with them and they said, OK, sir, here are the names that we think would be great for the Supreme Court. Trump doesn't know the judges except for the ones that, you know, go after him. And he's like, all right, what do we got? Oh, she looks nice. Oh, he looks cool. Who are these people? And so his advisors are limiting down for him. And then he's basically maybe meeting with them or reading up a little bit more on them. But Trump doesn't do a whole lot of reading, you know, so he's just going to look in the face value. Yeah, I like her. You know, he can't do that this time. This time around, he's got to get all these so-called experts out and just go on his own knowledge. I know Ted Cruz. I know he's conservative. He's in, you know, I'll give you an example. Marco Rubio has got a legal background. He would not be in. He has proven to be an amnesty boy. You follow? Somebody like him, we've known him forever. Nope. We know what he does, right? So that's the way you do it. You do it on your own gut instead of having these consultants sitting around and giving you potential names from the court system that you have no idea about. So at least in this case, you know, if, if somebody came in front of him and said, okay, sir, here you go. We've got Marco Rubio, we've got Ted Cruz, and we've got, uh, I don't know, I don't know if she's a lawyer or not, but Marsha Blackburn. And he'd say, all right, well, I know Rubio wanted amnesty, get him out. So he's got to go with his own knowledge is what I'm trying to say. He's got to go through his own vetting of people. And for Trump, vetting is go with who you know. And that's that. Uh, Dennis, last comment to you, and then I'll sign off. I agree. I, um, I think that uh, goes to a greater whole here, a greater picture of that with this potential second time around for Trump. Um, he really needs to get the right people in his camp. Uh, if there's one, I, I love Trump. I, I think he needs to be president again. But if there's one critique I'd put out there, and sometimes you know and sometimes you don't know, but if there's the one critique, it's that some of the people in his circle, consultants, advisors, uh, people who say they have his best interest in mind but have a secret agenda. Um, and it's hard because he's older, but he needs to start weeding them out. Maybe he asked Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka for some insight, you know, but those in the closer inner circle to kind of give their their take. But he really needs to make sure he's got the right people in his camp so they don't uh, lead him in the wrong direction or lead him to choosing the wrong people in, in certain roles. Well, I, I'll, I'll even uh, tack back onto what you just said there. Ivanka should stay far away from him. She's a liberal. She's married to a liberal. You can't trust her as far as you throw her. Plus, she wants to be nowhere near any of this stuff. This is why you never see her on the on stump. She wants nowhere 
in, in, in the world of politics. Keep her away. Keep Jared uh, Kushner away. He's a freaking train wreck. Don Jr. Yeah. Don Jr. is the one I would say, come in and I'd say, okay, Don Jr. You're going to be at my side. And I want you, especially because you're more connected with the younger generations. Help me out here. Let's do this together. I trust you. I know you'll never, ever stab me in the back. That's what he should do in the way, same way that JFK really centered himself in some places with his family and his family only. That's what he should be doing. Don Jr. and his other son sitting down there and they go over what it is that he should be doing. People who he knows that he can trust, give him the truth, because that's the one thing people are intimidated by with Trump. They're going to give him the yes answer because he is uh, who he is. He wants to always be the guy who's right. You got to have somebody sitting down to him and say, "No, Dad, no, you're wrong." You know, like you've said to me before. You've said, "Dad, you're wrong." I will listen to you when you say, "Dad, I'm wrong," and it doesn't mean I'm going to agree with you. But I know it's always going to come from a place of honesty, not from a place where you got somebody else whispering in your ear, uh, "Hey, listen, get into the president's uh, office and and sway him this way." I know that you're going to give me dialogue based on you wanting my success, our success, the country's success. So that's where. So you, who should his uh, confidant be? It should be Don Jr. Now, do I think Don Jr. makes all the right moves? No. He scares the living crap out of me half the time as well. Just look at his bride-to-be. That's Gavin Newsom's old wife. How did she make the transformation? That scares the hell out of me. But when it comes to just protecting me from making epic mistakes that other people are putting into my ear, I would always refer back to my son. That's that's what I think he should actually do. That's it, Dennis. That's it for us. I got to say adios. My voice is not going to make it past it. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for being with us today. Don't forget dmlcbd.com slash miracle, M-I-R-A-C-L-E. For the 6.7 ounce, we're selling an $200 bottle for $89 simply just to help you. So get in there and do it. It ends tonight at midnight Pacific. Don't forget to download the DML News app for free from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And until tomorrow, may God bless you, your family, our troops, these United States, and of course, Donald J. Trump and his family in what was a great victory last night. Let's keep the train rocking and rolling. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Get the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast every day by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And download the DML News app from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store for breaking news, merchandise, films, exclusive content, and Team DML.